opposing the, the government and opposing the Conservatives and the fray hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to sideline moderate forces. They don't want anybody to be surprised about that is the nature of hard left. And of course we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any dissent whatsoever. We know that the hard left who associate with hard left. You just said that we right to right wing. Hard left agenda. Printing money, nationalisation without compensation. Hard left wing position. Hard left, hard left, hard left. The hard left, the hard left, hard left, hard left, hard left, hard left, the hard left, 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 Oh yeah, Jack, you were gonna watch the new uh, Weird, Al- uh, Weird Al Yankovic film. Oh, it's like a sort of MacGruber-ish thing. Oh yeah, I know. You know what? I'm I'm nothing against him, but I never got into his stuff. Like his how these songs like uh, whatever, but like he like he's it turned up in like Tim American stuff. Yeah, Interesting character. I've never really given him a chance because like the parody songs used to annoy me when I was a, when I was a teenager. Um, mm. Yeah, I know. Like, there's a whole generation of like countercultural American people who revere him. Mm-hmm. Well, not counterculture necessarily, but like. But yeah, like the alt comedy. Uh... Yeah, people. Yeah, revere him. But like, he still turns up. Like, he turns up in like Tim and Eric. He was in a last ep- uh, last series of a comedy Bang Bang. Like, he he can he can still make decent jokes. You guys excited for this new Al Jazeera documentary? About oh yeah, I am. Yeah. I want to see what comes I'm out. I'm very excited. It. I don't know if I can be asked watching it, but the the Twitter meltdowns are going to be incredible. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely going to watch this. I think like I've invested so much in this. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be that. Uh, you, you remember the uh, podcast by the New York Times about um, the um, the schools and the Islamic. <laughs> no, yeah. that podcast never <laughs> exactly. happened, and we're not supposed to ever acknowledge it. Being in the UK. But yeah, that's like part. I think that's part of the reason why we got so annoyed about the New York Times. Yeah. Uh, getting uh, like being slightly critical of the Queen. Yeah. <laughs> it was really, really funny how pissed off Robert Goldvile was about that. The guy is like, "Oh, why, why aren't they platforming all the talented writers in the UK?" Mate, you wrote the Tory <laughs> Manifesto. You yeah. and your mates are not unheard voices, but they are literally unheard voices. <laughs> yeah. Right? The yeah. fucking. They're unmissable cows. Yeah, the unmissable cow, the fucking Tory baby bell, whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah, these guys, uh, yeah, they fucking suck. Like, who the fuck, if you weren't British and weren't plugged into this hideous culture where, you know, you fucking blackmail you to an early grave if you don't do what he says. Like, why the fuck would you publish <laughs> Oliver Cam? But it's very, very funny that every time the New York Times do anything to criticise the UK at all, or even hint at criticism of its media, they freak out so much. Like, if they had any sense and just gave it a bit of a sort of, oh, I'm not sure about this from the New York Times, that here's some fact check, some minor fact they got wrong uh, that we can amplify, and, and here's some other bad articles they wrote on other subjects that we can highlight. Yeah. They'd probably get away with it to a point, and it might work for them. But 
the fact that they're like the New York Times is waging a holy war on, on Britain <laughs> itself. Yeah, it was a, yeah, a, a they're jihad so angry against that they yeah. can't blackball the people like the kind of the UK. They're so angry they can't blackball all the people at the New York Times like the kind of the UK. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the they've even seeded Helen Lewis in, in the US media and they still can't get a decent blacklist going out there. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they're, they're such, like, despicable scum, the British media. Yeah. <laughs> how many, I mean, how... How many times can we say it? Not enough. Never, never enough. Never enough. Never enough. As long as they're still alive, we will keep this fucking podcast going. Yeah, we'll we'll be here in our 80s, just being, <laughs> you know, recording it in a cave somewhere because there'll be no fucking civilization left. Like, <laughs> yelling, yelling insults at, like, David Aranovich's grandson, who's now the top columnist in the UK, <laughs> in, his, like... in his fucking military compound. <laughs> That's like uh, the Jimothy Baker podcast that he does by word of mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Just goes out on the street and spreads rumours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's incredible. Probably make more money doing that. Let's try it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so uh, should we start talking shit about the Queen? I guess, yeah, I guess. I just wanted to mention how pumped I am seeing people talk about that Al Jazeera documentary. It sounds, I don't know, I'm just going to say it's like the Labour writer, a bunch of fucking villainous scum. I mean, who? I'm, shocking revelations, but I, I will have... I'm... Oh, careful there, Jack. You sound like a Tory enabler. <laughs> I mean, we're not going to be a fucking Starmer enabler. That's for sure. Yeah, it's very much better to reign in hell than serve in heaven. Yeah, like if Starmer wins, he wins by default. Like it's not because anyone votes for Starmer; they just vote against Tories. If Starmer wins, he'll propose nothing and achieve less. Like he won't be in any way a strong government. Do you reckon you know he's gonna stop fracking, or is he gonna just be like? The fire-breathing working-class circus tradition goes back centuries, and in these policy economic times, we need a circus entertainer who can uh, breathe fire in every house. Yeah, Paul he's Ma- just Paul gonna Mason like is the, not the uh, GMB. He's uh, just gonna move the GMB line on mm. fracking, which is oh, it gives us jobs, and you know, Putin. Don't forget Putin. <laughs> I, I don't. He's always there, looming, looming large, <laughs> giving the orders. Yeah, you know he's got his St. Petersburg twelve factory set up. <laughs> I, mean, I need to get my energy back. Sorry, but that's the one thing about smoking a bit because it like I get a bit chilled out. <laughs> yeah, um, get into a bit of a Neil Younger <laughs> mood. <laughs> Something about Neil Young. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you get into a Neil Young sort of mood. Take take fun. Neil's young take take Neil Young's name out your fucking mouth. Throwing upon those classic Neil Young eps- <laughs> albums where he was into electronic music. That that is one album. 
uh, and it has been re- reclaimed in in recent years. <laughs> you are so angry. You just that was a cult one album. You can hear him see you down the line. How dare That's you like imply? Saying, that was one time, Jack. That How dare you imply that Neil Young would sully himself with uh, electronic <laughs> instruments? <laughs> <laughs> the spawn of Satan. <laughs> it was merely. It was a phase. It was. Uh, we all have. We all have phases. It, it was a, cri- a, a a midlife crisis. Uh, he realised soon after, real music is uh, a man, a white man, Canadian or otherwise, uh, <laughs> with a guitar, and anything else is. Anything else is black music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Black black people don't play guitar, obviously. <laughs> That's not the foundation of American fucking music or anything. <laughs> I got bored and started eating my greens. What, you got bored and started eating your greens? Yeah. Because I had some left over from my pasta. But... Like, what do you mean by your greens? Like, mean the delicious vegetables or... Vegetables. <laughs> stuff you went to out smoke. No, I'm not eating my weed. Like, fucking... Like Josh Brolin at the end of Inherent Vice, where he just picks up all of Doc Sportello's <laughs> meat and just shoves it down his fucking mouth in front of him. Yeah, so I'll like, show you who's a real hippie. Yeah, Doc's like, that film. no man, <laughs> no man, not the not the weed. <laughs> no, lettuce and cucumber. We got lettuce and cucumber with your pasta. Yeah. That, that sounds like a very like English meal. Pasta, lettuce, cucumber. Well, I don't have a very sophisticated taste in vegetables. I did have some olives in it as well, but I like them. They're just like, you know, just green, crunchy water. Well, yeah. Anyway, so um, so the queen is dead, and um, yay. Yeah. So I mean, how about that, eh? She only went and bloody did it. Yeah, I pour one out for the queen, but I don't give a shit. <laughs> and also, I want to drink the stuff I'm gonna pour out, so I'm not gonna do it. You've fallen out with the queen. Is that a <laughs> confession? <laughs> did you prematurely end her life at a mere fucking ninety-six or whatever? If I was, like, had the, like, best medical attention possible, I'd be so fucked off if I just died at 96. <laughs> like, so many people have lived longer than that. Like, Nan's probably going to live longer than that. She must be in her, like, 90s now. That's true, actually, because, yeah, on, on the face of it, the Queen living to 96 is a slap in the face of everybody who has lost their lives due to this country's violent iniquity. On the other hand... Yeah, you want to get to past the hundred mark at least. Didn't, she didn't even get a letter from the queen. <laughs> yeah, she couldn't even write a letter to herself. <laughs> she absolutely would have as well. Fucking friend, it was <laughs> Yeah, 
That that would have yeah, been. There would be so many fucking that, wankers, so. like the kind of people who like love Fat Jackie Weaver. You don't have the authority yeah. for fucking bullshit. Whatever. They'd be like, it's so cool that the Queen sent a letter to herself. It's so funny, Paddington. It's like fucking wankers, you know. So yeah, funny. the whole Paddington thing that only came about like this year because of the uh, Platinum Jubilee or whatever it was. Fucking psyop. Fucking psyop. Oh, so, some people watching the the first of the Al Jazeera specials, which is on like now, like nine yep. until ten, so just finish it. Apparently, apparently Luke Stanger's on it. Oh my! Yeah, oh, I saw. I was wondering hell. why people were publishing his big ugly mug. <laughs> <laughs> publishing. It's, it's good to do it just every so often, just as a warning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a case of yeah. milk damage turning yeah. somebody into gapes at the mere age of like he's like <laughs> sixteen. He's one of those Blairite teens. God, uh, sorry. So apparently, when he was harassing people like Pamela Fitzpatrick, which is known about, you know, Luke Stanger likes to harass women on the left in particular. Apparently, Akers like intervened writing a letter in his name, objecting to a suspension. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, it's like like father like son. What what do they get out of having Luke Stanger specifically as one of their attack dogs? Because they've got loads of people on the Labour right who are just as nasty as him, but yeah. like slightly less obvious freaks. Like <laughs> go five minutes and come across like a normal human being. Well, it's like, it's like uh, how we're treating you, uh, Lee Harpin, as his attack dog. It's like you couldn't find a journalist who hasn't been sued. <laughs> Uh, anyone who's not been arrested for phone hack? No, okay, well, we'll just yeah. use this guy instead then. <laughs> yeah. But maybe Starmer just really hates GABA music too. There's <laughs> <laughs> this, this hideous GABA parties where they're yeah. eating he had a, cake, you know? <laughs> he had a flatmate when he was a student or someone in the flat above or something that would just hammer GABA. Like, <laughs> like, He's will... seen what it does to people. <laughs> I, I will be a successful lawman so I can put him in jail and <laughs> lock, lock up every Gamma person ever. The Criminal Justice Act, the one that like technically banned music with repetitive beats, i.e. most music. <laughs> um, he, he's going to like bring that back, but like stronger still. Neil, Neil Young and Crazy Horse denied, crime, but he actually just really wants like Gabba banned. <laughs> Neil Young <laughs> and Crazy like Horse denied entry to the UK as a consequence of this. Like, it's like that's... three people in the UK who aren't Dutch that like it, and I'm gonna a fucking extraordinary rendition every single one of the cuts. <laughs> Is it even real, G- Gabba music? Is it real? It, it's real. I've heard it. Although I heard it like for the first time like a couple of weeks ago when I was in my flat with a gay friend and we were just taking a shitload of coke. And is, what he is was hard, sucking is, you off? Is, 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 is hardstyle not derived from GABA? Is that not like a sub-GABA thing? Because hardstyle's really funny. Oh, uh, didn't uh, Guido Fawkes like start out like doing raves and stuff? Yeah. Yes. Uh, what, what, what he would do, because he was, he was already really into the that he won't call conservative future then, the, the young conservatives, or whatever they were called, who were terrifyingly right-wing, hard right libertarian, like, they got banned repeatedly by the Tory party during Thatcher's era for being too right-wing. 
and then his other interest was raves. So he would like <laughs> sell fucking right wing merchandise. He's threatened to sue me several times over this, but like <laughs> hang Nelson Mandela posters and t-shirts and stuff like that, stickers, as well as other stuff, some really beyond the pale shit. He would bring that to all the story events, sell that, and then use that money towards putting on the raves. How, how did the Contras come into it? <laughs> was the British rave scene propping up death squads in Nicaragua somehow? Not directly, I don't think, but he was someone <laughs> who was so hardcore right-wing, and so were several of his mates in, in that movement, that they would basically just find hard-right causes across the world they believed in and try and build alliances. That's where the BNB links thing comes from as well. He was so obsessed mm. with keeping the Labour communists out and again, bear in mind this was in the 1980s and I don't even think it was under Michael Foote, so he's like Neil Kinnock is a communist, yeah. that he was talking to the local BNP and being like, look, we both hate Labour, let's team up and you, you help promote our interests and vice versa. Okay, you, you do realise that we put multiple pamphlets out saying the Jews control everyone through the TVs. Yeah, it's fine, you're not Labour, it's fine, cool. <laughs> what music do you think of Queen was into? Because, like, Sorry. obviously, like, we're supposed to assume she was, like, into her basic classical music, but do the royal family, like, listen to music? What music are the royal family into? Like, the Queen and stuff. Like, what music uh, do they listen Wagner. to? Wagner. Wagner, yeah. Screwdriver, you know, all classics. Ted Nugent. Right said Fred. Yeah. Mike loves soul albums. Screwdriver. <laughs> yeah, Don Henley 80s records. Yeah. I think we had a double screwdriver there. Were there any other notable Nazi punk bands? Uh, probably, but I don't know them because I'm not a Nazi punk. The, qu- the, <laughs> the Queen got heavily into the uh, American alternative rock band The Negro Problem before she realised that their leader was black. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine like the Queen leading the royal family on in a good old sing-along of Tomorrow belongs to me. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, my mum said earlier today she was sitting in a shopping centre and there was We'll Meet Again by Vera Lynn, like, playing over the speakers. Such cultural regression. I never realised this, but, like, on the Bird's debut album, I think, this is Tambourine Man, they cover We'll Meet Again, and I was like, that is such a bizarre thing for ages. And then... In an interview I read with Roger McGuinn, he was like, oh, "It's because it was a nod to Doctor Strangelove, because obviously that song mm-hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> plays over the nuclear holocaust at the end of the film, <laughs> and so so it's just so funny that they're trying to reclaim that song for patriotic Britain back from uh, total nuclear annihilation of the world." <laughs> like no one was listening to Vivian at the time; we were listening to fucking Irving Berlin and Cole Porter and all the queer shit. No one listened to. Vivian at the time, it's just like nostalgic core. That's what it that. <laughs> yeah, in Boardwalk Empire, like all the music in it with vocals, like some of the jazz stuff is kind of cool. It's I admittedly it's the sort of stuff that like Woody Allen is into, but like <laughs> you can't hold that against the whole genre. <laughs> <laughs> the sort of stuff musically that he's into, you should stress. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like him, him, him and his clarinet. All the like vocal music in it is basically just like a gay guy unconvincingly uh, hamming it up about his relations with women. <laughs> There's one girl I know and she's a real card. It's just like all that. Yeah, it's like, oh, this Someone should bring that I back. It would, it would actually fly as a gimmick now. It would work. It'd be <laughs> 
<laughs> it was like all the old songs where we sound like we're singing through a microphone. It's like, oh, I've met this girl and I love her so much. <laughs> kind of cool, like how there's some recordings, and again, it's just like, my girl, Mary, she's a real, she's a real card. That's all, all the lyrics to all the songs are just, she's a real card. But it's, it's like rec- a song from uh, Kimmy Schmidt, uh, Daddy's Boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, reco- it's Daddy's re- Boy. <laughs> it's recorded on such primitive equipment that it sounds like fucking metal. It's like, my girl. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's what the Queen listens to. Like, as for Woody Allen yeah, the clarinet Queen band to, to throw two metal clarinet uh, jazz bands. <laughs> yeah. I imagine Prince Philip was more of a screwdriver fan. In that <laughs> yes. Yeah. Did you see that picture that people were sharing about? Someone said they were wondering if Bob Dylan had ever met and been photographed. Oh, yeah. Yes. And the, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like a real photo. Does it? it's, it's got too much mean potential. There's just fucking Gary Glitter hanging out on the edges. And... Yeah. 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 So this is backstage at this big concert for the Prince's Trust, which is like yeah. the Prince of Wales's charity, right? Yeah, I think so, like, yeah. I'm sure it's like a money laundering operation. I don't yeah, know. I'm just saying what it is on the tin. So they they held this big concert at Hyde Park in 1996, and like Dylan did a set with Ronnie Woods from the Stones playing with him, and Al Cooper on organ, and a couple of special guests, and I think Clapton appeared with him as well. Maybe I think the main thing of that <coughs> night was the Who doing a performance of Quadrophenia. This is probably the time of the Who that I would least like to have seen them because it was when. Pete Townsend, because he'd had hearing problems, was just, like, standing on stage, like, lifelessly strumming an acoustic guitar (laughs) while some, like, fucking crack session musician just did, like fucking 80s <laughs> cock rock licks over all their shit so, so yeah but anyway they did a big production of Quadrophenia with various special guests including playing I think the bellboy who was voiced by Keith Moon on the original album obviously Keith Moon long dead at this point I believe that was who Gary Glitter was playing <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, yeah, I don't know why I'm going to you guys for that, but it would be funny if they did a production of Tommy and Gary Glitter played the Wicked Uncle Ernie and sang the song Fiddle About. Uh, but that that did not come that did not come to pass. Uh, that, Gary Glitter did have some good songs. I mean, like it doesn't get me cancelled, but he did have some actually really good songs. You're not saying anything that that uh, Joker or tour director. <laughs> Sorry, not a joke. Very serious director of the art film Joker, Todd Phillips. He included Rock and Roll Part Two, I believe, in that film. So. You're not the only... I'm not the only Gary Glitter fan. Yeah, and in fact, the Glitter Beat, which appears in that song, that has become a very iconic beat and has been utilised by, you know, very, like, acclaimed, unproblematic artists uh, like Kanye West and Marilyn Manson. And so, like, you know, there's a whole... Yeah, there's definitely a bit of Glitter influence. I don't know. Never felt the urge to do a deep dive on his music, I've got to say. But... During rehearsals for this Prince's Trust benefit, you you see in this picture Roger Daltrey is wearing um like a trademark the Who eye patch. I don't know if these things were like already <laughs> on the market, <laughs> but it has the Who's fucking mod logo or whatever it is on it. 
Anyway, that's because during the rehearsals, Gary Glitter did like, he was like, I guess he was probably being like, Oi, Roger, look, I'm doing what you do, like swinging the mic around. And he smacked <laughs> Roger Daltrey in the eye and like, <laughs> almost knocked his eye out. <laughs> um, oh, was there was an old uh, Norm MacDonald joke when it was uh, the weekend update where he had a photo of Prince Charles and an NBA team. He says, for those who can't recognise Prince Charles, he's the white guy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so is that, have you, either of you got this picture up? Because, like, who are some of the other people in it? So you've got Prince Charles. In the middle, you've got Prince Charles and Billy Connolly. And then Bob Dylan is sitting on the other side of Prince Charles. And Roger Daltrey is next to Bob Dylan. And Pete Townsend is next to Roger Daltrey. John Entwistle is on the other side. Who else is there? So a... Like, this is like a Jack Tonnen, like, recognised the Apostles in the last Who's there? <laughs> supper. Have we got... <laughs> That's Trevor McDonald. Oh, oh. There's, there's Trevor McDonald in the back and Frank Bruno in the front. No, no, I recognise Trevor McDonald. I didn't recognise yeah. Frank Bruno. Yeah, no, that, that's Frank Bruno, obviously a retired boxer. Oh, yeah, I don't know fucking yeah. anything about sports. He, 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 so. then, yeah, Frank Bruno he, fought Mike Tyson twice and got knocked out twice. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he, he's sort of very sort of suitable for like entertainment with his personality and that. But then he, he had some mental health problems and the Sun put out a front page. It was like, Mad Frank Bruno's fucking mental. They like, <laughs> did, yeah. Every, everyone fucking hammered him for it. So they like put out the late edition and was like, Sun campaign to help poor Frank and stuff. <laughs> 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 Frank Bruno wasn't a bad boxer. He was like, probably like in the top 10 of the world at the time. He just got knocked out really badly by Mike Tyson twice. So wait, who who else is on here? Is that Gary Glitter with his arm around Ronnie Wood? Gary Glitter is one who looks like Gary Glitter. Yeah, Gary Glitter's the right-hand side of the back row. Yeah, yeah. Ronnie, like, I want to get out of here. Like, yeah, get, he's, get yeah, your he's fucking hands up. I think, from, from what I saw the thread on this earlier, I think this was about a year before the child porn charges came out. Like, if I up. remember rightly, there'd been some fucking rumblings about it, even in stuff like the Mail and, and the Express and that. <laughs> you know, it was like, this guy's a bit creepy with kids abroad and goes abroad a lot to be creepy yeah. with kids. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Polio is basically a combination of Gary Glitter and Johnny... <laughs> what is his Jerry face? Lee Lewis. Jerry Lee Lewis, That's yeah. That's it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's got the worst traits of both of them. <laughs> so yeah, look for one who looks like Johnny Polio and that's Gary Glitter. <laughs> so they've obviously put the sort of comedians and actors mostly in the back. So you yeah. got Fry and Adrian Edmondson and Phil Daniels there. Mm. I think that the couple of like fairly anonymous ones were like musicians. There's one guy I've genuinely never heard of. Is one something Starkey, the drummer? Oh, uh, Zach Starkey. Yeah, that's the guy. Th- yeah, that's yeah. Ringo's son. Yeah, wouldn't have recognised him, but I have heard of him. Yeah. yeah oh, is there Ringo's son in the uh, all-star, <laughs> Ringo's all-star band? He was for a time, but he's also, he's also been the drummer in The Who for, like, 20 yeah. years. And he's... I can't... What I was trying to say here is that he drummed for Oasis for a few years as well. He, I can't he, believe he, that the Ringo Star, the, the Ringo's all-star band was tainted by nepotism like that. <laughs> I thought they were genuine all-stars voted in oh, by Ringo's their peers. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, to me and Jack. Literally, it is it is all about nepotism. That's like the, the bedrock of a Ringo Star all-star band. It's like whoever Ringo is willing to play with. Like that, it's just his mates. If the more it's famous, so the better. It's so funny reading the Ringo all-star band Wikipedia page and the 
the band members just get slowly less and less famous as yeah. the years go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he's got like a couple of semi fame. Let's look it up. I think he's got a couple of uh, like semi famous <coughs> people in the band at the moment. People who are like big in the seventies or something, you know. People who like at least I respect, you know. Like yeah, you know, know he jo- got the he got the drummer uh, from Dokum Dominoes <laughs> out from the hospital. <laughs> okay, he's got people who have been in bands I've heard of but wouldn't recognise their names. In the so. in the fifteenth all star band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's always like the least famous member of a band, basically. Yeah, a guy from Toto, bands. a guy from Kansas, a guy from Men at Work, a guy from Average White Band. But then, yeah, you go back far enough, there's, like, properly famous people in it. Just, like, uh, shitty 80s bands. Like, not, not like, at, at, the fir- at first it was all, like, legends from the 60s and 70s. It was, like, fucking, yeah. like, Dr. John, Joe Walsh, Nils Lofgren, Billy Preston, like, half the members of the band. Like, you know, and then, yeah, it's it's now, like, the guy, you know, Colin Hay from Men at Work. No disrespect to Colin Hay, but, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Oh, my God, he had Rick Derringer in the band for a bit who's the that man who, the, the, the 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 genius the absolute genius who wrote real american oh how does that song the, go fuck off you don't know real american probably do the hulk, the hulk hogan entrance oh right well, but it was like written on, like, it was written as a legit pop song that, that then got picked up quickly by the review but he was he was like a, a sort of semi-successful songwriter guy that then got roped into the wrestling and now he's like a mad Republican Christian. <laughs> cool. Uh, I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. Or off to a good get start. That, get that fucking song listened to. It's a classic. I'll stick it on. Oh, be, be banked and like sing yeah. it word for word. <laughs> I stand strong, strong about right and wrong. I don't take trouble for very long because I got something deep inside of me. A courage is the thing that keeps me free. A it's the courage. song that Bruce Springsteen wishes he'd written. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Who is yeah, this guy? Bruce... Like, second-rate Bob Seger? Yeah, it's the song that Bob... <laughs> Bruce Springsteen would have written if he'd taken a shitload of steroids. <laughs> if he was just a dumb <laughs> fuck. Like, or instead of hanging out with like loads of really talented musicians on the same page as him, he instead hung out with, like... Brutus Beefcake and the Nasty Boys. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of reminds me lyrically of this Merle Haggard song called The Fight Inside of Me, which is like, he'd done the song Ogie from Muskogee, and that was seen as a conservative song. It was a bit more complicated than that, but it was like, ah, we don't smoke grass around here, which is like, Merle smoked fucking piff. But it was, I yeah, guess it, it was kind of... taken up sort of unironically by people who just liked it as a novelty song on the radio, you know? Yeah, it was like meant yeah. to embody the worldview of people like his father but then he yeah. did he did this song i think it was interpreted as anti-war and got a bit of a right-wing backlash so he made this song uh, described on wikipedia i think as unabashedly right-wing called the fight inside <laughs> of me which is like i hear people talking bad about the way we have to live here in our con- in this country harping on the wars we fight like this was at like the peak of the vietnam war and griping about the way things ought to be and i don't mind them switching sides and standing up for things they believe it's something like if you don't like it, fuck off to the Viet Cong. Uh, when they're running down my country, man, they're w- walking on the fight inside of me. Little Gatesy, but uh, they love our milk and honey, but they preach about some other way of living. 
communism. When they're running down my country, horse. They're running down the fighting. Speaking to his horse. Like, Here's some lessons about America, boy. <laughs> yeah, like, didn't Bill Haggard, like, he wrote his autobiography after he fired his uh, ghostwriter. The first chapter is just him on about snorting a shitload of cocaine. <laughs> He's like, I read about some squirrely guy who claims he just don't believe in fighting, and I wonder just how long the rest of us can count on being free. Like, he just discovered that, like, pussies exist. He's horrified. He's like, God damn, whatever, I'm a red-blooded American male. I, I, I love Mo Haggard. I think he's a great artist. I'm just taking the piss, you know, of this one song that was uh, very right-wing. Oh, yeah, Jack is Willie Nelson still alive. Of course. He's always seemed old as fuck. Still smoking. Still, yeah, he was, I mean, by the time he became a solo star, I think he was, like, in his 40s or something. Yeah, he's just been milking every second since, milking every second since then. I mean, it's like, there's never been a guy who loved weed as much as Willie Nelson. Yeah, he loves weed. The guy loves smoking weed. I think he vapes now. For his health. (laughs) In a way, that's disappointing, but it's it's probably good. It'll keep him going another few years, maybe. The longer he's alive, when he's made his, like, 90th studio album, he can be like, okay, (laughs) I'm done now. He records at an insane rate, uh, Willie Nelson. Yeah, who says being stoner? Makes you unproductive, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, uh, I uh, literally am uh, falling asleep and can't say any more words. Bye, guys. No, I was gonna say in the fifteenth all-star band, you do have Edgar Winter, who is like a kind of cool rocking guy. Him and his brother yeah. Johnny, they were both like insanely talented albino multi-instrumentalists. <laughs> both of them. Yeah, but I feel like both really right-wing now. At least one of them is. I don't know to be honest. I don't know anything about Edgar Winter as a person. There's the Sun Kill Moon song to like uh, bring up a, another unproblematic artist. I love my dad, where he's like, when I was five, I came home from kindergarten crying because they sat me next to an albino. Uh, I. <laughs> He's like, uh, my dad sat me down, said everyone is different, son. You've got to love them all equally. My dad sat me down. He told me the different something about people being red, white, or brown. And then after dinner, he played me the album "They Only Come Out at Night" by Edgar Winter. <laughs> like, so... then just he played me the album "They Only Come Out at Night" by Edgar so like i've only i really mainly know of edgar winter as like one of his albums being used to preach tolerance to a young impressionable mark kozilek now we feel that jack hijacked this theme to talk about old <laughs> rock stars you guys are so yeah you did let me you guys fully went along with it and participated fully so you fucking uh, accomplices <laughs> Yeah, do we miss anyone in that funny picture with, like, Prince Charles and all the lads? No, well, it's it's Jules Holland in there. So one second. Oh, Jules Holland. Yeah, <laughs> you remember, like, Mike Gapes fell into a coma whilst he was watching Jules Holland? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> That's just the, the, the 75th appearance. That's not even a joke. Just, no, just, like, the 75th appearance by C6 Steve. Gapes couldn't take any more. <laughs> yeah, it's obviously, like... Very famously, Marky Smith and, and the Fall had it, like written into their contract on the show that he wasn't allowed to play any boogie woogie bollocks over the, over their songs. <laughs> and what's little known is that Mike Gapes did the same thing. 
he was never actually invited on <laughs> later with Jules Holland or the Hootenanny or anything like that but he had a contract drawn up at all times just in case he bumped into Jules Holland in the street yeah like you because you never know you'll just be like and you have yeah. the milk and then you'll just hear as the worry is like Jules Holland he's a minor irritant but if you see him in the street there's a 90% chance that within 50 yards is either the fucking Jamiroquai or one of the fun-loving criminals. That's just the <laughs> rules. Or Roland Riveron, the, uh, the original sort of alleged comedian who, who just popped up on shit late-night talk shows and didn't was, seem to do any comedy. Was he part of the comic strip Presents? I don't think... See, he was one of those people I'm never sure exactly what he was famous for. <laughs> other than he was nominally a comedian. Ah, right, so he'd done a fairly obscure Channel 4 series and co-starred with Jules Holland in something in, like, 1989. So that yeah. explains why, ten years later, he was on every fucking week on, on his show. Ah. He had his own chat show, Riveron, in which Riveron is guest and the entire set floated in the River Thames. Oh, I <laughs> that's that. sure to well, me. I it's a pun on his name. <laughs> that's fucking that. amazing. He, played, he was a drummer on Vindaloo by Fat Les, <laughs> which is probably, like, his most successful achievement of his life. Okay, so he was obviously, like, an amateur drummer because he's drummed on a few TV shows and comedy shows. And yeah, that. He's uh, in the Fat Cops now. <laughs> he's not right-wing enough. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you've got to be, like, basically a fascist to be in the fast cops. The fast cops. Uh, oh, okay. And, and he toured with Jules Holland Band for 18 months as well. Oh, wow. He, late, he later played with the Idiot Bastard Band with Adrian Edmondson, Phil Jupitus and Neil Innes. Oh, there you might go. Ex- might explain why Adrian Edmondson's in this one as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was always in the there. Jules Holland audiences at Adrian Edmondson, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was, yeah. yeah but at least you'd probably seen him in some funny stuff at some point, so there wasn't a sort of, oh, fuck this guy again. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that sounds like, I don't know, that band sounds kind of proto-fat cops to me. Yeah, well, well, yeah, rhythm and blues orchestra. <laughs> no, no, not that one. Well, I've got, I got to say, I reckon for that kind of music, you you got to have chops, so, like, fair play to him. But the Idiot Bastard Band, I mean, with Adrian Edmondson, Phil Jupitus, and Neil Innes, although, like... You know, I don't dislike any of these guys. Well, Neil, uh, Neil Innes was oh, a great... Oh, I definitely dislike Phil Jupitus. I think he's got no talent whatsoever. See, I don't really like Phil Jupitus. I went to some thing they used to do at the Edinburgh Festival called like, the Alternative Comedy Memorial Society that was just comedians trying out weird bits that they probably couldn't commercially do a full set of. And he turned up doing the bit as a depressed panda, and it was really funny. <laughs> like, Why don't you fucking do stuff like this? Like, <laughs> actually good sort of deadpan, bleak shit. Alright, it's probably not going to make you much money, but you you get loads of fucking residuals from Nevermind the Buzzcocks or whatever shit. Be funny. No, but it just reminds me of James Corden. What well, fat? He could probably be funny. Yeah, he's the same guy. They all look the same. Same like. guy with a beard, yeah. <laughs> Al Murray, the pub landlord. No, oh, yeah. He used to be in a similar sort of comedians band with like people like Kevin Eldon and Bill Bailey. Oh, uh, yeah, he was with a And now, now well. he's in a band with fucking Chris Deering and the guy who's Brian Spanner. <laughs> it's literally like, like the all-star band, just diminishing returns. <laughs> <laughs> the all-star band, but instead of fairly well-known comedians, it's three of the four right-wing journalists anyone's heard of in Scotland. <laughs> Brilliant. Nobody likes them. Because <laughs> they're Who's not it? quite right-wing enough to appeal to like the real fascists, and everyone else was like, fuck. Is Chris Deeran in it, did you say? He's the front man. Oh my god. And uh, did... He's fucking terrible. He and they do original like a... songs, right? Yes, yeah. I don't know if they do covers as well in their live shows. Couldn't, couldn't compare with Toyota. If you Google 
fat cops. Oh, they've done another video last summer, but there's one from early 2019 called Hands Up, Get Down, and it's them <laughs> trying to do like a serious video, I think mostly around Glasgow, and it's fucking terrorists. So, <laughs> so, so bad. They've got one of the guys from the Bluebells in the band as like their legit sort of credible songwriter <laughs> guy, but obviously every, every cunt knows them from like one shit novelty hit from a car advert. <laughs> and he just, he, he's like sort of taken on over the years the aspect of the sort of oddball whose mates were Scottish Tory journalists. Um, <laughs> Wait, they did a remix EP, which... Uh, oh my it, god, they've done a song with fucking Loki, the Scottish rapper. Yeah, yeah, but... but, but, but this what is, a cunt! That kind of makes sense, though. That makes sense. <laughs> oh but, god, but, I hate but, everyone in that video. In terms of actual, like, respectable Scottish artists, Mogwai did a remix for their remix EP. Fucking Mogwai. Retire, bitch. Like, <laughs> you've just been doing bland versions of the stuff people liked you for nearly enough 20 years ago. Fucking retire. <laughs> begging, going on Twitter, begging Ricky Gervais for retweets so you can get to number one in the album chart. No, no, no fuck. It, it's more dignity in starving than that. <laughs> fuck off. That's, that's great. Mogwai. But also, there's there, this is huge. There's, there's a TV series called Fat Cops. Which is it's called? The, here's the synopsis: The officers in tiny Trinity, Texas, keep the police with big. So keep the police, keep the peace with big personalities and bigger waistlines. Trinity's finest may not have the world's highest crime rate, but keeping their small town from danger is a full-time job for this fun-loving crew. <laughs> and it's just like, like that's that sounds better. Oh my god, the Fat Cops LLP on Company's House. <laughs> they got so that's all the, the band, band members, all the band members, as far as I can tell, I, I presumably one of these is Bobby Bluebell's real name. No, it's like the um, Eagles. Chris Deering controls yeah. it all. He's Henley like, and Fry. Yeah, no, the no, Fat no, Cops all, TV all show. It sounds all, like a this comic without a punchline. Um, Don Felder looking at that business structure, just if, like if, <laughs> if, if Robert Hodgins is Bobby Bluebell, and I've got that right. He is fucking 65 years old. He's about to draw a pension. And he's hanging around in a band with fucking Ewan McComb and Chris Deering and Dr. Neil Murray, fucking J.K. Rowling's husband. Her giving him some of her billions just to fuck off and leave her alone so she can shout at <laughs> trans people on the internet. Well, I'm it's so bleak, the whole thing. They've got it registered as a proper company so they can play their fucking five gigs a year to ten people, one of whom is that other sweaty Scottish journalist whose name I can't remember now, but is like the only one that presumably isn't an amateur musician. Um, oh, did I tell you about the time I found Lawrence uh, Fox's uh, record company? Lawrence Fox said... Oh, my record company, uh, I made a song called Me Too, and they wouldn't allow me to release it. And then I, I found his record company on company's house. He's the sole director there. So apparently, he banned himself from making his own song. It's like, <laughs> hey man, you, you got you got to exercise self-restraint. That's, that's a positive growth from Lawrence. I'm just looking at all the screenshots on IMDb from the TV series Fat Cops now. It's just like a really overweight cop on a treadmill. Two cops, only one of whom is fat, just having a conversation outside some trailers. A woman, also not fat, who is a cop. Uh, 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 okay, there's like, what the fuck is this shit? There's like fucking one, two, three, 
for, for there's five cops here in this picture and one of them is fat like the other there's guy more, there's more fat cops in the band fat cops despite <laughs> none of them being policemen <laughs> well technically yeah and there's a one two three morally the, yeah morally absolutely corporal comrade but, but who no one needs to ask that question but like one of these guys i'm not even gonna say he's kind of fat i would not see a person who looks like that and think that's a fat person so like what is this show this is like such false appetite she's really skinny okay uh she's not so much that guy looks like corbin (laughs) and that guy okay there's like yeah like fat cops sounds like a viz comic strip without a punchline there's like three cops at most in this who are fat like i i'm gonna fucking sue them (laughs) and the rest of the google image results for fat cops are just really overweight police officers (laughs) Again, more entertaining than the band. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah there's, some, there's some good fat cops on here, to be fair. That, that's actually quite an entertaining Google search. Yeah, yeah, I know. They've given us one good thing. This Obese cops band. sent to fat boot camp for belly destruction. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's that? Like, evidence? Just, oh no, our whole case depended on that shit that you knocked on the floor with your belly. <laughs> Looks like it's in Thailand. So they're all, they've all got shaved heads as well. <laughs> We're going to prosecute this guy. We've eaten all the evidence you fat cop <laughs> just large adult babies with shaved heads and big bellies how did this like start about us chatting about the creaming dead and now we're just uh, googling random stuff I, I think that what's happened here is we've all got queen fatigue yes I, yeah that's exactly it yeah, like, like, well that's what the queen com- would have wanted compulsion you know, of being you know, allowed to talk about anything else has us wanting to talk about literally anything yeah else. exactly because it, it yeah it's just like we, who, who the fuck wants to talk about that shit at this point? Like, there's a, all sorts of other things. Overweight yeah, police sure. officers, Ringo Starr's all-star band have not been getting their due attention because of this fucking news hoover of the Queen's death. Yeah, we just called this episode, you know, the Queen's death episode, and we don't talk about Queen whatsoever. We just go on random tangents about shit we find funny. It's again the tried and tested wrestling promotion tactic. <laughs> the old bait and switch. Yeah, well, we we certainly we stayed on topic for like at least maybe forty minutes. Like we got we got yeah, a bit we, of Queen. we got yeah. some of the Jimothy stuff. Getting like unbleak five minutes of it yeah and yeah just shit for an hour i'm just seeing is there anyone else funny who's been in the ringo star all-star band <laughs> so what what i noticed on that is that rick derringer the the real american guy we were talking about and paul mccartney was, was technically in the band at the same time oh That's... wow <laughs> i think mccartney was just a guest sure Mike mccartney was probably just a guest at a couple of gigs but derringer would have been on stage with him so yeah, that's that's only one degree of separation between Paul McCartney and Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so there is a possibility like Paul McCartney sang along to Real American. <laughs> wow, yeah. that's a that deep cut. Be... I bet one of the guys who has a Beatles podcast would be like, "Yes, uh, here's my my like, recording of it, and here's all the details about what McCartney did on my." No, that that would go viral instantly. <laughs> but. We're... We, we, we need to get Jack to listen to the, the Hulk Hogan album as well. Hulkster in Heaven and all that. Hulk, what's it called? Oh, Hulk? shit, yeah, we do. Uh, hang on, what, yeah, what's the album called? Uh, Hulk, well, in fact, in fact I'll, I'll just recommend you a couple of songs from it because okay. I don't think anyone's actually listened to the, the whole thing in one go. Don't underestimate um, me. 
So Hulk, Hulkster in Heaven is uh, <laughs> the, the key track. Um, yeah, that's a ballad. He's got yeah. multiple albums. The album you're looking for is Hulk Rules by Hulk Hogan and the Wrestling Boot Band. Oh, okay, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great name. Uh, it's the last track on it, Hulkster in Heaven. And that, that and Real American are the, the key uh, Hulk Hogan <laughs> tracks. Um, and there's, there's a couple on this same album as Hulkster in Heaven that are like his WCW entrance themes when he signed for the rival company and they didn't have the rights to Real American. <laughs> so they, they just made like a song that sounds exactly like Real American but with the lyrics changed. and like Is that American yeah, made? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> the one, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And there's another one on there called I Want... You said Jack to the uh, WCW intros that were popular songs but changed just enough so he couldn't get sued. <laughs> they do that a lot. like they, they like. Um, and he was the bassist the, the, in his band. Yeah. So I, I yeah. bet it was like the Sex well, Pistols, but bass was just Hulk turned Hogan right down. Is, the thing about Hulk Hogan is one of the great bullshit artists of all time. So he would always exaggerate his stories. Like there was a famous match where he uh, he slammed Andre the Giant, who was about 500 pounds or something, big, huge, seven-foot guy, and he exaggerated this. So instead of like, yeah, I, I slammed Andre the Giant in the main event of WrestleMania in front of 70,000 people, which is quite impressive. It would become like, yeah, I slammed Andre the Giant who weighed 900 pounds and I did it in front of like 300,000 people and you know I broke every bone in my arms when I did it, but I, I had the strength to carry on. But yeah, did like Hulk Hogan was, um, in the trial, like he had to admit his penis wasn't as big as he said it was. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. His explanation of this was like, oh yeah, yeah, my penis is, is five inches long or whatever it was. Uh, my, my penis is Terry Bollea, his real name. Hulk Hogan's <laughs> penis is like 12 inches <laughs> That's great. Um, <laughs> Basically explaining so, the gimmick. So you're saying that he's one of those guys who was just like, yeah, well, sure I can play bass, who just no, got no, one no, and learned I, overnight. I, I think he was like, he was an amateur bassist. He probably played uh, like he did make up some bullshit about her. He, he made he, up some bullshit about her. He was going to be the original basis for Metallica. Didn't yeah, he? no, he said, he said he said that Metallica auditioned him and they wanted him, but Mustaine he didn't, come to agreement or something. Yeah, <laughs> um, obviously like clear bullshit, but uh, it's the fact that they do that and be like. Yeah, I, I was almost in one of the most famous bands in the world that everyone's going to know is bollocks, as opposed to, like, you know, if he'd come up with, like, oh, yeah, I was, I was briefly in a band with some guy who was briefly in Metallica or something, people might have believed it. But <laughs> well, he's it, it, all if, out every time. If he did narrowly miss out on membership of Metallica, then uh, yeah. he certainly seems to have dealt with it better than Dave Mustaine. <laughs> I don't know, man. That would be. I a, don't know. We let me give out the trials. That would be a heel heel battle if <laughs> But he, one of my favourite stories about him, was one point in an old job at British Gas where we were fucking bored as hell at work. It was really quiet for a few weeks or something, and a couple of us like found a, a site that had his entire autobiography on it. It was full of bullshit <laughs> on, and we were just scrolling through it. And as well as all the obvious lies, there was this brilliant bit where his son. Was he drink driving? But he basically he killed one of his friends in a in a in a car crash and, and went to prison for a short while. And the Hogan family were like trying to cover it up and pay the top lawyers for him to try and avoid it. And that it was quite sleazy. But he was talking about like going to visit his son Nick in prison and bonding and, and how they got on as friends. And he was like, yeah, we had to we had to come up with a code to get messages across to each other and then people not be able to say. So we were talking in like Carney language. So for example, if we walked past a woman and she had big boots and we wanted to talk about it but we didn't want to denote us we'd be pointing at her and we'd say 
Bizig Bizoobs. How has she ever worked that one out? These women's tiny brains can't process that level of advanced wit and cunning. You need the fucking enigma working that out. That kind of reminds me of like what the autobiography of Chris Kyle, aka American Sniper, is supposed to be like. But in that, in that, in that, he actually exaggerates the crimes that he committed, and he's like, yeah, yeah, bro. After Katrina, I went down to New Orleans and sniped like a hundred black people from a rooftop. Like, it's like there's no evidence of any of this shit happening. <laughs> but ironically, if Hulk Hogan claimed to have done that, I kind of believe him. I like oh, the um, the, uh, the last three songs on this album almost seem to be a kind of suite with a lot of thematic unity. There's Hulk's the one, then Hulkster in heaven, then Hulk rules. <laughs> it's almost like Jesus, isn't it? It's the death and resurrection. That's um, definitely a uh, Jesus. Yeah, that, that's the same one. Track, track, track six on there is quite new, notable as well. I want to be a Hulkamaniac. Yeah, I'm... Because again, WCW at the time, they decided... Um, WWF got a lot of flack for this later on, but they basically decided to do a character who was like a mentally disabled wrestler. <laughs> uh, a, a guy called Dave yeah. Sullivan. Uh, and... His whole thing was like he was a big Hulk Hogan fan, but he was, you know, he was like 40 years old or something. And he was like, I'm a big Hulk Hogan fan, he's my idol, I want to be just like him. So they left him <laughs> out what is essentially this sort of child's song. <laughs> oh, God, it was bad. It was bad. Um, that anyway, sounds like something a... FFF would come up with for the Ilford Extended Universe. <laughs> There's a lot, of, yeah, there's a lot of overlap in rest. Like, there's there's like... more than one uh, wrestler who's had the gimmick of having a <laughs> I'm imagining a kind of Ramones thing for I want to be a Hulk maniac like um, I want to be sedated I want to be a Hulk maniac I want to be I want to be a Hulk maniac It's almost like the thing that kids TV show that does loads of soft, soft, soft songs for people to watch on YouTube <laughs> If you want to be a Hulk maniac I can sure tell you how to stay on track You get a train, say your prayers, eat your vitamins too These are all the things that the maniacs do Positive thoughts and positive Yeah, I mean, we don't rank most DDT, and I want to play DDT's uh, opening theme, Self High Five, where an ex girlfriend she got so upset about it because it was obviously a bit of a rip off. It is just Team Spirit with a couple of the notes flipped around to avoid a lawsuit. <laughs> quite a few of those. They had, was it Raven who came out? Yeah, maybe the Eve Yeah, there were a few of them there. Someone analysis and James Ripoff, I think. <laughs> But yeah, we used to do that all the time in the we just pretend it just enough so we couldn't get sued. Yeah, but there were a few of them. It's very much a bit of ice. Someone had come as you are as well. <laughs> but yeah, I'll find these and then we jack after. Yeah. I remember my girlfriend at the time getting so upset when I sent her DDP's entrance theme. Uh, Ernest Miller had a... a, a <laughs> Relation sort of, of Richard. Uh, J- James... Ernest Miller, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's canon yeah. now, by the way. He, he had a he had a James Brown ripoff song. It was it sounded like Sex Machine, basically. <laughs> it was not quite as direct a ripoff as the other ones, but they had a thing where they actually managed to convince James Brown to appear on one of their pay per view shows, <laughs> but they didn't promote it at all. So they had this wrestler who was like made out to be a bit of a, a braggart and an idiot and a, a fantasist. Telling everyone like, oh yeah, James Brown's my friend. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm good. I'm good pals with James Brown, and it was always played off like, oh he's obviously bullshitting. You know, a sad man. 
and then they, they got James Brown to agree to appear with him on one of these pay-per-views and they didn't promote it at all <laughs> like no, no one was actually going to like tune in to see it was this... they just had it and then never mentioned it again was this but like the song crack was and a... car chase era James Brown he's just like have you seen uh, the, the, the well, interview it, it, of him it was in the last 40 years he's so like yes. I feel good <laughs> <laughs> he's just like and like are no. you okay James he's like I feel good <laughs> just he, he literally just listing all his songs wasn't he yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah but, uh, he was released yesterday on $15,000 bond. He joins us for, from Atlanta to discuss the charges, and we welcome you, James Brown. How did all of this trouble begin? Living in America. There's <laughs> nothing wrong. Nothing wrong at all. You're not in any difficulty, but you're out on bond. No, I'm not. Have all the charges been dropped? Yeah, I'm out on love. Oh, well, are you out on love or out of love? Which yeah, is it? Out on love. Alone from night to night, you find me. Yeah, but it was about a time where Dave Grohl and like Food Fighters were on MTV and like uh, Raven came out with his uh, song that was basically, or DDP came out with his song that was basically a Nirvana. And you see like Dave calls to space going, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> so they did that and then never acknowledged it again but the song the entrance music he had that was like a james brown sound alike they ended up losing the rights to it because it was too similar to james brown <laughs> so if you if you watch any of the old shows with ernest miller on on like the wwe network that's got a wall it plays this is most awful midi thing that they've like bashed <laughs> off in five seconds it genuinely sounds like a like a five-year-old child on a cheap keyboard trying to be james brown <laughs> so this album hulk rules came out in 1995 and I was just imagining... There was, there was a Macho Man response album. They were doing this there album. Was. Oh, wow. Yes, the Man Hulk. Because I was imagining this sounding, even though it's 95, like kind of 80s cock rock. But it says here, genre, hip-hop, rock, pop. <laughs> so who doesn't want to hear... Is he spitting bars on this? <laughs> there probably is a rap track on there somewhere because it was the 90s. But, I, you know, we're, we're talking like, well, my name's Hulk Hogan and I'm here to say... <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, shit. Don't take... For a second there, I thought there were two Randy Savage albums. But what's happened is the Google search for Macho Man album comes up with first, Be A Man, Randy Savage album. Second, Macho Man album. Macho Man is the second studio album by Village People. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably where he got his name, isn't it? I mean, he looks like a fucking member of the Village People in this album cover. It was 2003, it was quite a few years later, Randy Savage put out his album. And it was yeah. him basically trying to reignite a feud with Hulk Hogan and get a match and publicity out of it. The album was, was critically really acclaimed, according that's its in, <laughs> that's its in, entire critical reception section on Wikipedia. Uh, one of those things where we're probably on the line with the person that edited that. Yeah. <laughs> it was okay. So it says this album was critically acclaimed. It was critically acclaimed, acclaimed, and then like literally, there's a bar on the right. It's like professional ratings, all music one star out of five. <laughs> Rap reviews four out of ten. Sputnik music one. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, I imagine they're talking about the maybe slightly um, uh, couched criticisms in the rap reviews review. Was it, on, was it on this album that you started bragging about having fucked Stephanie McMahon while she was underage? <laughs> Allegedly. Well, I forgot about yeah. being head right? Like, that's obviously a, a rumour that all wrestling fans know. It's, it's, it's a rumour, though, ever that, said that, that Randy Savage tried to stoke. Well, again, that doesn't prove it's true, but... He made reference to it at some point 
in a couple of videos you put out to try and wind I know, up. I feel like someone directly asked uh, Kevin Nash about it via Gavin Gavage-Glows. He said, no, there's uh, no truth in that. I'm like, I trust yeah. Kevin Nash. That's a trustworthy person, unless true. you're a wrestler. That is, that is true. That it's is the true. absolute best. <laughs> <laughs> so the title track, Be A Man, is apparently a diss song aimed that's, at Hulk that's Hogan. The, that's the one that really went two-footed on, on Hulk Hogan, if I remember, and it was awful. I'll look Randy Savage, Be A Man lyrics. So this is a full-on rap album. This is not rap, rock, or whatever uh, Hulk Hogan Yeah, it's a rap album by a man who's, like, a white guy who's taking yeah. a shitload of steroids. Like, do, do, do you know what, do, do you know Macho Man's voice? Do you know what he sounds like just when he, he talks, even? Macho? I'm just putting that <laughs> in, 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 in a sense, in a sense. <laughs> yeah, but I like... fucking kill you. Like that. Yeah, uh, he, he's, he's basically like the origin of every every sort of stereotype wrestler. <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, oh yeah, Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hulkster, whatever they call you, I'm coming after you, coward. Hot diggity damn Hulk, you set it off. Used to be hard Hulk, now you done turned soft. I think he's channeling a classic of the diss track genre, No Vaseline by Ice Cube there, where he says about NWA, you used to be hard, now you just wear yeah. soft. I'm going to link you a couple of his coked up promos in the, <laughs> in, in the group chat that you need to watch as soon as we finish this. Oh yeah, Wait. again via WrestleMania 5-1, I think it was, where he's like so red he's about to explode. He's like doing telephone commercials, I seen ya. Dancing in tights as a ballerina. I think I swear is the ballerina thing. Is that in No Vaseline? That, that's the reference to uh, him in uh, Mr. Nanny. All right, well, because in, in Takeover, Jay, yeah, this was two years after Jay Z did Takeover, where he like called out Prodigy from Mob Deep and called him a ballerina because there was like a picture of him as a young dancer. So he's just literally taking like pieces from other people's diss songs, like stitching them he, together. <laughs> he is, but also like Mr. Hulk Hogan. I don't say Mr. Hulk Hogan. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, Hulk Hogan uh, started in uh, Mr. Oh, fucking hell, why was that? A Mr. Nanny, where he at yeah. some point he was in a tutu when he was trying to break into Hollywood, and like he's in a tutu when he's like t- uh, teaching dance to these young kids. <laughs> This is this is funny. He's like dancing in tights as a ballerina. I knew all along you had those tendencies because <laughs> you've been running from macho like I got a disease. Dude, please, your PPV event was a joke. You're avoiding Randy Savage because you know you'll get smoked. <laughs> it like and they've got like I guess this is a pretty bad transcription because they're like, come on, you'll phony fight the rock. Brackets hard to understand here. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there wasn't like an official set of lyrics put out in the like in a lyric booklet with the album or whatever. <laughs> Tragic if true. Now we'll never know. No, it doesn't seem like a very long track. Like, there's not that very many lyrics here, unless it's. Oh no, like. Unless Man can like go up. longer with promo because he was on so much coke. Flashman, <laughs> like the physical embodiment of coke anger. This has like one verse, and it's not even that long. <laughs> be a man, Hogan. Come on, don't be a chump. That's the the closing salvo. <laughs> oh yeah, I was just gonna say on the second lineup of the Ringo Starr All Star Band, uh, they had a get one of the guests. Uh, most of these people are like Harry Nilsson, Bonnie Raitt, the surviving members of the James Gang reuniting with Joe Walsh. But then you have like 
Gary Busey for some reason. Like, what was he doing? (laughs) (laughs) Acting, just doing a little monologue or something. Like, is he? Does he do music? Well, there's one on the guest that's just like John Candy tambourine. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't say what Gary Busey did, but maybe he like sang a Buddy Holly song because he played Buddy Holly in the Buddy that Holly story. Yeah, maybe yeah. that was like fucking well over a decade. But I'm sure by this point Gary Busey was the fucked up dude that <laughs> we all know about. Oh yeah, he got brain damage in 1988 from a motorcycle accident. That kind of explains yeah some stuff. Oh, oh yeah, like recently uh, we can go also by it's just kind of like kevin spacey on drums (laughs) yeah well if the fat cops need to replace uh, al murray with another person who has a job uh, outside of music whose shit keeps vibrating there by the way oh sorry that's me i put my phone right by the mic all right it was going mad a little while ago actually um damn great in his constant tinder notifications I wish. It's literally rejecting, just fucking rejecting all of them. <laughs> nope, no, 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 not up to high standards. <laughs> <laughs> Sheila E drummed for Ringo for a bit. Even like the standards of guests have kind of gone down. Oh, that's why it was going off loads. Yeah, I, I put the link to Fat Cops LLP in the Glasgow group chat because <laughs> they all like particularly <laughs> hate all these Scottish journalists, and they've all just reacted to it loads, and I completely noticed, like missed it all. <laughs> <laughs> they're all just saying McCombs aged really badly and he looks ancient and he's a cunt <laughs> <laughs> I mean do we want to wrap up soon? yeah I think so I'm quite knackered had a long day today. there's been a stimulating uh, couple of hours of conversation about the Queen yeah I mean like we've covered yeah. everything about the Queen that needs to be covered yeah, I mean, we've we've made the conclusive case for ending the monarchy. And if that doesn't come across in the in the final episode, you have to assume that our recordings are being intercepted, and <laughs> yeah. edited. Uh, you got to read point after Jack. I'm sure Jack's gonna have a good time editing this one. Yeah, yeah. No, the thing is, people got people got to read between the lines. We don't need to spell everything out for you. You can you got to think about the shit we're not saying. By the time this one's been edited into a releasable state, fucking Prince Charles or King Charles will be dead and all. <laughs> been, it's been that, real. That's a prediction and not a threat, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone is actually fucking intercepting our podcast at the editing stage. I was just complaining, like, for ages I've wanted a gif of Clint Eastwood saying, shut up, pussy, in Gran Torino. <laughs> and um, I was like, I went back and looked at the scene. I saw, I saw well, I looked up a screenshot uh, which was just kind of uh, a still image of Clint in that scene with a quote under it. And, like, I realised he's holding a gun in it, so it's kind of a dicey one to be sending to people if I w- w- were I to. Like, he's just literally, he's, like, pointing a gun directly at you, like, shut up, pussy. And, you know, really, I just want to kind of channel the great Clint Eastwood to call these people pussies, but, I, but, but it could be interpreted as a death threat. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for the Macho Man music links. <laughs> I... No, 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 they're, they're, they're just promos he did before oh. the matches. You, you, you literally have to watch both of those. They are the most coked up any human being has ever been, apart from in the second one where there's like three people competing for that title. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say. Oh, I know which one that will be. Yeah. I will say that Randy Savage's album has a Wikipedia page, and Hulk Hogan's does not. So does I mean. It not? Who may? Uh, well, you can uh, just double check. I'll have a look. Uh, I couldn't find one, but I guess I guess Hulk Hogan's was at the height of his fame, so it wasn't 
super notable in itself beyond just the loads of Hulk Hogan merch. Oh, yeah, Whereas yeah. the Randy Savage album was about three years after he'd been on TV regularly. Yeah. So it became a sort of celebrity use. Oh Christ, what's this guy up to now thing? <laughs> Hulk Hogan has got such a massive Wikipedia page for it actually. Is this on fucking Spotify? Oh, yeah, that's, that's no, interesting. No, no, it isn't. I it bet is. these records are out of print, yeah. But, I mean, the Savage one, is that not on there? Probably not. I think that would have been on... It wouldn't have been on a major uh, label. Oh, I doubt it, but... No, there's a, there's a different artist called Randy Savage. <laughs> put out albums in 2019, 2020. Zero monthly listeners. <laughs> well, this just <laughs> makes... You can, go on, you can go on WWE Spotify channel and listen to all their previous albums compiling entrance themes and stuff including the iconic song pie by the rock <laughs> featuring slick wreck oh wow star power it, it kind of just like these records like they just remind me of you know how like steven seagal like has these like blues rock albums that he's made and like uh, russell crowe <laughs> oh yeah has that band. He, no one can stop him Steven Seagal is a massive martial arts. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's what Chris Jericho's whole rock side project thing basically is, you know? It's a sort of vanity thing that he did just about well enough with to keep going with. Dang he did, like, he made it get, kept going so hard that he made his entrance theme and made people sing it. <laughs> yeah, but his entrance theme eventually got over, so, like, after 15 years, like, people actually knew his band beyond just, oh, Chris Jericho's got a band. <laughs> Well, he was in one good movie, at least. Yeah. He was, yes. He was been in one movie, and it was a really good one. That hey, that's a good hit rate. Well, anyway, on that note, uh, praising <laughs> the filmography of Chris Jericho, he's got a podcast as well. Actually, I listened to an episode. I forget who with. <laughs> that, that, that's your mistake right there. <laughs> <laughs> he advertises meat a lot and nods along with some mad conspiracies. Uh, this is my experience with that podcast. It has such a stupid name. It's like not even a pun. It's like talk is Jericho. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah like... I like to listen to a William Regal's podcast where like he talks about the older 80s wrestling and how you just like snap a guy's form if they're mildly rude to you is that one actually good i don't know i just watched the bits on youtube where he talks about fit finley and how he does snap people's thumbs i'm just searching oh yeah okay so i listened to uh his his interview with the drummer of Leonard skinner <laughs> that's yeah that's an absurdly jack thing to do <laughs> <laughs> like there's no way that's gonna be an interesting episode <laughs> it totally was man they talked about the plane crash and shit I mean, I'm sure, like, if you're a skinnered hardcore fan, you've heard all the shit before, but, like, I don't think I'd heard a first-hand account of the plane going down, you know? Another Leonard Skinnered has crashed into a building. <laughs> it was the yeah, woods, I think. Like, no, Connor with it, like, uh, they're singing along to Leonard Skinnered. Oh, really? Is there a bit of that? That's a great bit of symbolism. It's a bit of a Connor with listening to Leonard Skinnered, and, um, oh, be, like, serial calls, like, Oh, a bunch of people listening to Leonard Skinner's and a play they brought down. How ironic. <laughs> that, this is kind of sophistication that the, the layman cinema goer does not quite comprehend, you know. It's like because... Oh, damn, I spent so long trying to get Jack to watch Kimmy Schmidt and 30 Rock. But <laughs> he finally did, and he loved it. I watched Kimmy Schmidt, like, years before I, like, ever spoke to you. <laughs> 30 Rock, yes, that's uh, true. You pushed me in the direction on that one. I'll give you credit there. I, 
But yeah, like, I pushed her to watch the right with Kimmy Schmidt. She has to adventure thing where how to be evil and it's gonna make that feed bird. Oh yeah, yeah, where he's he like... To, he had to pick. He's like, I like, went to... Which, which is he gonna sing? Yeah. Bird sell. yeah, yeah, that that is that is really good. Where, where they're all just like sing Freebird, and Kimmy's like, you don't know Freebird, do you? He's like, I went to school in Mississippi. Like the entire like second year English literature syllabus was on the poetry of Leonard Skinner. <laughs> yeah, but I'm pretty sure you didn't watch Kimmy Schmidt years before you met me, because. Fuck, we've known about <laughs> we've known each other for like five years now. Kimmy Schmidt, yeah, no, I met, I watched, I watched that one uh, like 2015 something, and I didn't start talking to you till like 2016. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, can't, okay. you can't, you can't <laughs> create. <laughs> Wherever you have your revisionist history. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, you know, history is written by the victors. Uh, <laughs> 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 I don't know. I don't know how I'm winning. So we've been, we've been, rocking. You guys looking forward to watching this documentary, the Al the Al Jazeera am, one? Oh, the Al Jazeera one. Yeah, I, I am now. I think the the idea of any news channel just turning all their guns on, fucking Luke's danger, <laughs> fucking bumbling bumbling sidekick guy, is gonna be entertaining. Apparently, yeah. he works in airport security now. Oh wow! What is the Red Raw not going? I know. They're, they're, I guess their mission is complete. Well, they never fucking paid him. They're not that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it if it turned out he never worked for them. They're just he's just literally a fan. <laughs> oh, I, I, don't think, I don't think they ever really employed anyone. They just there was one or two of them doing all the writing, and then they had a, a, a sort of network of weird little creeps that they'd just send into like CLP meetings in different areas and gatecraft. Yeah, but just so it probably love the drama. <laughs> like if, if any of the left-wing Labour MPs did some sort of talk in an area, they would find someone local to go there, and that's what they did with, with Stanger, I think. It would be really funny if he was trying to be like, how do you do, my fellow leftists? <laughs> <laughs> the least subtle man in the world. <laughs> yeah, very, like, you could fucking notice him from a mile off. <laughs> <laughs> fucking I head can be seen yeah. across the mountain tops. Because that's that's where that image comes from, where they sent him to like a Chris Williamson party democracy sort of event, dig up some dirt, you know, take some quotes out of context to make Chris Williamson look bad. Oh well, he didn't. But, he didn't have to do such a good job of it. No, but um, <laughs> there's that. Basically, he's he's gone there to like fucking try and spike Chris Williamson. And then at the end of it, he's like, oh shit, how are we going to get home? Need to hurry up to get the last train back. And Chris Williamson's offered him a lift. So there's, <laughs> that's when there's that photo of both of them in his car being like, hey! <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I was just, I mean, that's kind of like, it's like when Lee Harkin turned up to get some dirt on Corbyn at a picket line. Like, the only reason one would go on a picket line, obviously. And uh, he just, like, yeah. snapped, like, the cutest picture ever of Corbyn just, like, being nice. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, I was just going to ask, like, returning to British light entertainment briefly for a second. What is Jack? Great. What is Jack D on about when he says, "I'm in the process"? I, so, yeah, of... I had a look at that and couldn't figure it out. So he's, he's like deleting his PayPal account because um, big tech and... companies feel they can yeah. bully people for questioning mainstream groupthink. I thought at first maybe it was in solidarity for them refusing to allow you to, to have an account on there anymore. But apparently, well, I don't know exactly what it is, but I scrolled down a bit further and saw him like approvingly retweeting articles about uh, Andrew Doyle. Oh, um, no. And seemed to be a bit, 
I didn't see any like anti-vax tweets from him, but contextually that seems to be what this thing's about. about well, I thought it might have been like the whole uh, Sadovitz thing. Yeah, uh, Sadovitz is basically me, but 20 but, years what, like, ago. Well, I just so Matt Letizia is going mad about PayPal, and he's saying me and my wife are both deleting our accounts and that. And he's a proper mad anti-vaxxer these days. All right, so, well, yeah. I just saw the Jack D tweet, because returning to the world of professional wrestling, it said, Aaron Bastani liked. Bastani <laughs> 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 has an absolute chaotic twist yeah, in may- a lot of ways. Maybe he thinks he's talking about <laughs> the monarchy or something. I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I hadn't pegged Jack D as a, as a crank. I hadn't really thought of him in a long time but um no. but yeah no. that's a, a bit of a surprise you think it would be bigger news because he used to be famous whereas a lot of the people didn't well yeah like, the only thing like i was uh confused about recently was like they cancelled jerry sadowitz for doing a show it was like you must know what jerry sadowitz does in his show I, i've literally like, seen his penis I've, I've been to a show <laughs> where he did exactly well uh, to be fair some people were saying maybe he got it out like at a specific person which is not what he did when, when i do it did it oh. but <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a weird one because it's both completely unsurprising. It was completely and... unsurprising, but I was disappointed by his reaction to it as well. What Jerry Sadovitz is? Yeah, like like he should have just been like, yeah, fuck it, I'll just do some other shows. Well, anyway, I just want to conclude by just quoting Aaron Bastani again and saying that the pricks in the Labour documentary should be nowhere near power. So let's just uh, let's just leave it at that. To wrap up now. Yeah. Farewell. <laughs> okay, yeah. I've just seen That's your cool. pic- the picture you posted of uh, Luke Stanger and Chris Williamson. Very good. Okay. Peace, fellas. Okay, uh, nice. Wait, hang on. Nice hang, on. hang on. Oh, hang on. Fuck. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. I've just seen, again, via Bastani, fucking tweet from Gabe Milne. 96 in his name, sorry, I assume he's two years younger than me, fucking freak. I am so grateful to everyone who fought for years to hold back the tide of anti-Semitism that was engulfing our party. We're on track to making our party safe for Jewish people again, and no hit job documentary can change that. I hate hit job documentaries. And, and they've done that by, as I understand it, expelling over 60 left-wing Jewish activists. It's fucking ridiculous. John Mann, Lee Harpin and Matt, they literally just got a fucking click their fingers and the Labour Party do whatever the fuck so, they yeah. I just I just fucking uh-huh. hate I just fucking hate people I fucking hate I probably just have I, I'll cut it out with me just like I hate I fucking hate I hate I hate <laughs> episode cuts <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's complete it's fun it time probably represents what podcast about <laughs> we hate <laughs> Alright, uh, let, let's actually go now. Yes, bye-bye. Okay, peace, guys. Great, great trip. Okay, cool, Jack. I'll send you recordings. Cheers, man. Bye-bye. Bye, mate. Bye. Right. Peace out, fellas. Two, three, four. Spectre in a spy movie It's plain to see They got the drop on me They got me They got me in a Crack video On camera in a Crack video
you so Mama told me in a crack video Alan J. Peculiar's directing my life But the production values leave something to be desired That's more grain of a shit than an industrial farm But you can just about see me smoking crack in a crack video They got me in a crack video Sometimes bought and sometimes owed Need you cracking for a crack video act of God Was it planted in my mouth by the police squad I don't know who to trust When the crack's done Get the angel dust We'll make a crack video Our very own crack video Not for the average Joe To get to know me from a crack video a down and dirty, dingy crack video. Do you know what you know? Hey, baby, have you ever made a crack video? It's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing.